Welcome to the Azure Security Podcast, where we discuss topics relating to security, privacy, reliability, and compliance on the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 42. Uh, this week, it is myself and Mark, and we also have a guest, Dave Lubash, who's here to talk to us about Azure Monitor. Uh, both Gladys and Sarah on, are on vacation. Uh, but before we get to our guest, uh, why don't we take a lap around the news? Um, Mike, why don't you kick things off? Yeah, the big thing that that I wanted to make sure folks are aware of this uh, this week um, actually happened uh, just a day or two ago is the release of the Zero Trust Commandments. For those uh, that are familiar with a little bit of the history, this is essentially the updated version or the replacement for the original Jericho Commandments um, that uh, essentially set out some really clear, specific truths around uh, around security and what security needed to be modernized. And so these are heavily kind of uh, linked to and based on those, but it's a modern one for the age of cloud and how things have changed uh, in the past decade or so. Really, uh, really proud of this work that uh, I participated very actively in the open group work around this. And so that just got published by the open group. There's, you know, just to cover them really quickly, validate trust explicitly is one of the first ones, which is, you know, very much the exact opposite of uh, assuming trust is to actually validate it and build it based on uh, explicitly validated trust. Enabling modern work, you know, because of, you know, effectively IT and um, the business units and the uh, users have a vote in today's world. And so how do you incorporate that in? There's uh, some interesting uh, elements that we got to put in there around um, one of the things we realized is how important it is to have the accountability land in the right place. So if you essentially hold your uh, CISO accountable for decisions they didn't make, you're, you're not going to get the best decisions by the people that are making them or by the CISO. You're, you're actually, you, know, you want to make sure that you're keeping accountability for risk where all the other risk is, um, which is uh, oftentimes on the asset owners and the business. And so that's one of the key pieces there. You know, pervasive security. This was a direct, directly tied to the original Jericho form. Um, securing assets by value. You know, don't waste your time on the stuff that doesn't matter. The you know, proverbial cafeteria menu. You know, spend it on the things that actually you know make a difference to the organization. You know, very asset centric, data centric type of approach. Um, simple and sustainable. You know, otherwise it's you know you, you get lost in complexity and you end up not having effective security. We found um, the attackers have time to kind of figure out the weaknesses there. So make sure your people can understand and manage it. Uh, utilize least privilege. No surprise there. Um, improve continuously. So this is a critical thing we found as a, everything is changing: business models, cloud, uh, threat actors, uh, security capabilities. So you really, really have to have a program built around continuous learning, continuous improvement, and then uh, making informed decisions. You got to make it based on data. Now that means you have to gather the data, you have to use the data, um, and you have to constantly look to: Do we need to get more data in, and you know, are using the data we have right? But uh, yeah, I'm really, really proud about how these uh, came out. And so highly encourage people to uh, to check those out. we got the link in the show notes. Yeah, a few things uh, piqued my interest over the last few weeks. Uh, the first one is uh, in a product that's near and dear to my heart, and that's um, Azure SQL DB. There's now the ability to enable just Azure Active Directory authentication. Um, historically, um, SQL Server supported um, sort of three authentication mechanisms, starting off with the original SQL Server authentication, um, where all the authentication and the identities were managed um, by SQL Server. That's been around forever. I mean, that's literally been around forever since um, since I first started working with SQL Server back in, uh, dare I say it, OS2 and Landman days. Um, it's essentially not really changed that much. Um, 
then in the you know, with Windows, we added Windows authentication um, that included Kerberos. But now we have um, Azure Active Directory as an ability that's been around for a while. But now you can actually uh, require Azure SQL DB only use um, Azure uh, Active Directory, uh, which is uh, which is really great to see because you know now you've got a a cloud native solution. You've now got a cloud native um, authentication, and uh, you know back in backing that as an authorization scheme as well. Um, also available. I don't pretend to be an expert here. I wish uh, wish Sarah was here, but um, AKS support for Secret Store CSI driver. So we're announcing the general availability uh, within AKS, the Azure Kubernetes service support for the Secret Store container storage interface. That's, that's CSI uh, driver. Storing secrets has always been you know, a, a huge Achilles heel for all applications. So it's great to see that there is a standardized way um, that's now generally available uh, for support on um, Azure Kubernetes service. There's another one that piqued my interest as well, but um, soon as we have Dave here, um, when we get around to him, I think he's probably better to talk about it than me. Uh, but we now have in general availability, uh, Log Analytics Workspace Insights in Azure Monitor. Um, the cynic in me thinks that sounds like Azure Monitor for Azure Monitor, but I don't know. So um, when we get down around to Dave, I'll, um, I'll ask him to, uh, to shed some light on that particular item. Um, we've also published, uh, Mark Rosinovich published a, a blog post on uh, some of the key foundations for Azure, Azure Confidential Computing. Um, we talked about these a little bit last, uh, last time with uh, some of the announcements around uh, specific VM types that support uh, things like SGX, the software guard extensions that are you know, one of the linchpins for confidential computing. Confidential computing is ultimately uh, encryption of data while it's in use. Uh, I mean, there's more to it than that, but you know, that's one of the most important parts. So I would definitely recommend that um, anyone who's interested in that topic uh, go and read this blog post. Another item is in Azure Logic Apps. The next item is in Azure Logic Apps. Uh, Azure Logic Apps now supports a managed identity for providing applications that support Azure Active Directory. So, for example, uh, if you've got, say, um, Azure SQL DB or uh, blob storage, you can now use that managed identity in a Logic App to um, both uh, authenticate and to provide authorization mechanisms to that particular resource. I know I've touched on this many times, but I'm going to do it again because I think this is critically important. We're kind of seeing three massive areas of improvements across Azure. Different products are at different stages, but we're, we're well along the way. And that is um, that customer managed key support for encryption of data at rest, depending on whatever the services. The, the vast majority of services support that now. Another one is the use of for past services is using private endpoints. And then the third one is making sure that services that can act as a client uh, to another service uh, have support for managed identities. The nice thing about managed identities is that the credential is not managed by you. It's managed by Azure. So when the process starts, the, the credential is automatically used uh, by Azure. So you don't have to worry about storing and protecting um, credentials. So I'm a huge, huge fan of managed identities. It helps remove one of the biggest stumbling blocks is, okay, so where do you store the credential and how do you protect that credential? And uh, that is a non-issue when it comes to managed identities. The other item I want to bring up, I don't even know how to, how to broach this one. So earlier in November, there was an issue where some Windows 11 features um, failed to run correctly. They wouldn't work. They wouldn't load. And the reason was because a certificate had expired 
So as you're probably aware, I think just about everything in Windows is digitally signed. And you know, when we start the process up, we've got to check the signature and do all the usual X.509 stuff. Well, if the certificate's expired, you know, what do you do? Uh, well, the correct thing to do is to, to fail the operation altogether, and that's exactly what happened here. Uh, you know, this is you know, an ongoing issue with X.509 this and X.509 that is, uh, is management of certificates. So the real lesson here, you know, that came out of this is, you know, we as as an industry as a whole, this is still an area that we've got to really focus on. And uh, you know, if you're managing certificates, then you need to concern yourself with the with the correct life cycle of those certificates as well. Because yeah, uh, and in case you need a reminder that it's people, process, and technology all together. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering when you would uh, pipe up about that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean. You know, X.509 certificates are fantastic. I, I love the technology. I actually really, I might, I might be the only person in the world who does, but I, I really do. But man, when certificates aren't managed properly, things like this happen and uh, it's not uncommon. All right. So that brings to an end the news. Um, and with that, let's turn our attention to our guest. Uh, this week, we have Dave Lubash, who's here to talk to us about Azure Monitor. Dave, why don't you spend a moment and just uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, I'm David Lubash, and I have worked at Microsoft for 23 years, um, most of that time in kind of the compliance and security space for shipping products, um, the last seven years in Azure, starting in with Application Insights. You had a, a mention about sort of the Log Analytics Workspace Insights and how that's releasing. That is very meta. You're, you were right, Mike, where, where you said that is insights about logs. Uh, what we've done is we've gone and made curated experiences around uh, many different resources in Azure. Um, many of the ones you, you were just talking about, Azure SQL DB, containers, Key Vault. Um, we take, we work with the uh, owning teams and we build these rich sort of curated experiences across both the data that they can give us and then both the views that you can get in to on top of that. This most recent one with log analytics is actually the um, insights you get on your own logging experience uh, across all of Azure Monitor. Yeah, I'm kind of glad we had you. Uh, you, you all lined up to discuss that um, again. I, I was like, man, this looks like a kind of like a like a layer on top of Azure Monitor to to monitor monitor or something. I don't know. But anyway, I'm glad I wasn't too um, too completely off the mark. So the topic, I mean, Azure Monitor, right? So it, it's always been a point of confusion. I'm going to be totally honest with you with customers. You know, you'll see customers say, oh, you know, log analytics, and then you'll hear say people say, well, oh, Azure Monitor. So what, you know, what have we got going on here? I mean, is Azure Monitor something that sits on top of log analytics? What so, is it? So at Azure Monitor, to really uh, uh, a large extent, maybe about three or four years ago, we created that to try to help reduce the confusion. So first, first off, we had many ways to monitor, right? We had, we had the old OMS uh, system center. We have uh, log analytics sort of came out of that. We had the application insights, which is uh, really your, your curated experience on top of monitoring your applications. We had all of these um, sort of external facing different products. And, and first, we wanted to bring them all together under, under the Azure Monitor brand. But also, we, we also brought the teams together internally. So that first part was we brought these teams together so that we could look and we could go, wow, we have 
three different experiences built on top of logs and and let's make let's make one better experience on top of logging and similarly around alerting and uh uh, the UX on top of this, the UX on top of metrics. And, and we took these sort of teams, teams across, across, uh, multiple geographies and multiple teams, multiple areas, brought them together in, in an attempt to make sort of one better experience and also to reduce some of that confusion. So Azure Monitor is the collection of capabilities that enables us to to have a uh, a better sort of unified experience on top of logs, metrics, alerting uh, going forward. I mean, I want to make sure I completely understand this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I use yeah. Azure Monitor every single day, but I don't pretend to know all the moving parts nor the machinations underneath it. It's just like magic, you know, stuff just uh, just just happens. But at the end of the day. I mean, is is it fair to say that you know Azure Monitor is a layer on, like, is a way of viewing the contents of log analytics? So, different products can feed into log analytics, and then Azure Monitor can be used to extract intelligence out of those logs, uh, as well as perhaps even raising alerts. That might be fair for from one from one point of view. the The other view is. When when we created and started combining all of these capabilities under Azure Monitor, we knew we couldn't just go delete the experience that people think of as log analytics and and this, the experience people think of as application insights because these had many customers already, and so we've we've built on top of log analytics as part of as part of Azure Monitor. And so instead of thinking that that Azure Monitor allows you to view your logs, you should think of that that um, log analytics is is just just the logging capability that is now built into Azure Monitor. And it combines the logging capability that was already built into application insights uh, and and some of the other products. Right, so you brought up application insights and so on. So, is there general guidance around where App Insights is used versus, sure. say, sure, that's that's a great as question. As your yes. security center, those other you know, other tools like that. So, when you're 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 sitting on top of a a sort of a resource that creates logs, um, uh, VMs, compute, um, Windows. Uh, uh, Laptops, right? These 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 types of resources already create logs, and and you can also then improve those sort of logging experiences by um, uh, sort of both both filtering on the um, on the device itself, so you reduce the, the number of logs coming in uh, to to the right sort of the right level. Um, but but when you're looking at a resource that already creates logs, that's from what we would consider. Oh, okay, let's we we put the agent on there, uh, either the the new agent, the one of the older OMS log analytics agents. The the agent sits in that resource and then routes logs to uh, to log analytics. Then, but there are also types of resources, including including applications that you also want to collect data from. And so, in the in the context of of when application insights is used, is you're coming to your uh, to your application and you're using an SDK to instrument the SDK to send data to 
what used to be an application insights endpoint, um, and yet we're we're looking sort of as we as we converge this platform, it's an Azure Monitor endpoint. Your logs show up in in a very similar. They're in the same set of workspaces, so that you can then look and say, oh, I have this workspace set here, and it has my my application logs, my resource logs. Uh, all, all of that in one place, and then you you have your cur- curated views on top of those logs. Uh, now you mentioned Sentinel, Sentinel, and and some of the other, I guess, Microsoft Cloud Security products as as they're going through some of their own convergence and branding. Um, those those products typically sit with with their extension to the log analytics agent. On, on the on the resource. So what you're getting is is the the Sentinel team has done the work to try to uh, keep the logs logging at the right level. So you're both getting the 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 I don't know the right number of logs because um, it's really easy to turn on and and make it so that uh, you're you're collecting more telemetry or or you're spending more money on telemetry than you would ever spend. Um, on, on the actual compute resource itself. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the way I'm thinking about this, and tell me if I'm on the right track here, is that, you know, whenever you look at like an architecture diagram, you have sort of the foundational stuff at the bottom. And I feel like Azure Monitor is kind of that. It's like, you know, the trucking company that gets it there, not necessarily all the, you know, analytics and what's being shipped and whatnot. It's just make sure that the package gets there and the logs get out to all the right locations, you know, and both the agent and the cloud service piece. And then it sounds like the you know the, the the log analytics and then the the Sentinel and the App Insights essentially then stack on top of that and you know kind of create that value added insights and hey your application's running slow or hey you have a security attack going on I mean it, it feels like that's kind of the configuration is that the right way to think about it I I think so but it but at two layers I mean using the 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 package distribution it's more maybe it's more the the, the distribution center because mm. at at the one on the one layer at at the bottom you very frequently at the lower level at the resource level the uh, Azure Monitor has worked with the resource teams, um, whether that's whether that's Sentinel, Azure SQL DB, uh, Key Vault, in order to collect the right data. That data then gets routed to to what you would you know in your analogy would be like the distribution center, and mm-hmm. then on top of that, the views get built, and those then tend to frequently come back to the uh, teams that help provide that data in the first place. So what you what you would see from Sentinel is is both at the lower level. Uh, helping collect the right data, and then at the upper level, ensuring that the right data is dis- displayed, including, of course, um, the right alerts are are built in on top of that data. So you touched on alerting there. How do we do alerting in, in Azure Monitor? I mean, what sort of things can I, A, alert on, and B, how do I get notified? Sure. So, so to start with, when when you look at the the data that we've ingested into Azure Monitor, it's really all comes down to, to two types. It's it's logs and it's metrics. And and the logs are essentially the the raw logs that have been indexed from any of the types of of sort of both both log analytics and, and insights ingestion pieces. And then we also on top of that have have the capability to um, create these sort of in 
curated metrics on top of this. And what these do is, is in some cases, they're just think of that as a, um, uh, part of, part of the log itself, but, but, um, maybe, maybe with, with a, a bit of more of a, a time series, um, pre-aggregation on top of it. So now for alerting, you can build alerting on top of metrics, on top of, on top of the logs themselves. Um, and, and then, and, and again, going back to that convergence story that we've been going through these last four or five years, it, it was three different, four different teams at Microsoft who were building alert, um, capabilities on top of on top of different types of data and now we really have sort of one uh one larger more focused team that's that's job it is is to to build alerting on top of the entire platform so you mentioned before about pre-aggregation and that sort of stuff so make sure i get this right so if i go to azure monitor i've noticed that on the on the pane on the left hand side there there are some products and i think they call them like insights or something i don't know like key vault stuff so I can click on that key vault option. It will give me all this sort of really nicely laid out, really actionable charts and telemetry, like showing access failures to key vault, the number of puts, the number of gets, the number of key creation, and so on and so forth. So is that where you guys have worked with key vault, for example, to say, okay, we, we can display your critical information sort of as part of Azure Monitor, in sort of one pane as opposed to having to go into Key Vault necessarily and start messing around inside of Key Vault. You can sort of display it inside of Azure Monitor. The short answer is yes. And then and then of course additionally, whether it's it's Key Vault or storage or or it we've also tend to make a more I would say a, a maybe a a more combined or, or comprehensive story because instead of looking at um, you know my 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 one storage account or my one key vault, I'm looking at at a collection of 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 storage accounts, a collection of so I'm looking across a broader spectrum so I can get an idea of how all of these resources are behaving, um, whether it's it's a, a across a geo a worldwide. So it just gives gives that better comprehensive view uh, across the entire an entire set of uh, resources you're operating in your tenant. I love that view because I use Key Vault all the time. So having that one little view with absolutely no effort required from me looking across all my Key Vaults, and it shows it's like a hierarchy as well. So I can see that like an aggregation of the data, or I can see you know drill down into an individual Key Vault if I see that there's one being problematic. Um, it's actually really, really nice. So my guess is what you're doing is you're taking some very, some really low level telemetry from the key vaults, and then aggregating it, and then making it look pretty, so that yeah, so I can actually understand what the heck's going on. Yeah, that's that's um, uh, what, what we've been working through these last, I would say, about two years as we've been as we started this insights journey across. Uh, Almost, I mean, uh, long term, of course, it's it's let's let's do it for all of the resources in in Azure, but but starting with the um, the the ones that customers are most interested in first, things like containers and and uh, VMs and and Key Vault and and Azure SQL. One of the things that I always worry about, and I don't know, maybe I'm too paranoid as a security guy, is you know, like what happens if. You know, sensitive data like PII or PHI, probably more PII than than that. But like sensitive stuff, even passwords, gets gets logged into the system accidentally. Like how how would someone handle kind of cleaning that up and finding it? 
so first, first of all, if, if you did find something in a log that, that you didn't expect to be there or was, was accidentally logged, and this does happen, the view on that is, is of course, of course you should, you should think of it as, as not necessarily exposed, but it is something that does need to be rotated because you have put it probably into a system that you haven't maybe put the same RBAC controls on top of as, as, as production, um, VMs or, or other resources. And yet at the same time, um, in those other resources, if someone did have access, they may not even be able to see something like a, like a plain text password. But so in the, in the like accidentally logging scenario, we can delete individual rows. We have a, a purge functionality so that Customers can come through and say, "Oh, this this data is is not supposed to be in this log." Um, I need, of course, to do the the three steps. One, um, stop sending it because you know you, you need you need to sort of stop stop that bleeding. And then and then second, go through and and maybe look at, "Oh, do I need to rotate these, or do I already have some rotation uh, uh, plans in place for the, for these for these secrets?" And then finally. Um, executing the purge commands against this the data that has shown up in these logs. Who's we? Is we Microsoft or is we ah, someone I'm like sorry. We, we the, we the, in this context, the customer. The okay. customer themselves has, has full control over their data and, and can operate a, the, the, the purge API uh, to, to delete this. I was just saying that, that and also we Microsoft, because my, my own, we, we've had this, had this experience um, many times at Microsoft where, where teams come to us and, and say, we've, we found some secrets here. Uh, what do I need to do to, to clean it up? So I'm going to no. take, I'm going to, uh, hang on a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to take Mark's paranoia and raise it with, with a bit more paranoia. So, Mark has, a very, Mark has a valid point, right? Like if we have some sensitive data being logged, how do we you know, scrub it? Like, how do we clean it up? However, how do we stop someone from covering their tracks? Because they realize that something bad happened and now they want to go and delete stuff from the, from the logs. How do, we prevent, how do we prevent that? Or was that the question you were going to ask as well, Mark? Yeah, you stole my question. Uh, okay. so it's all <laughs> you, man. We're, we're, we're both paranoid. So, we're, so we're on the same track then. Okay, fair, Conflicting fair paranoia. <laughs> so every every Azure resource has a um, logging story, right? Where they need to send the audit actions to the audit logs. Now, interestingly, the audit logs are, of course, handled by Azure Monitor directly. Um, and so, so the view that, that customers are getting for audit logs are, are also part of sort of that, at least one of the Azure Monitor experiences across all other resources. So, so on the, oh, I'm, I'm worried that somebody's going to go and, and, and delete part of this, this logging. Well, there's, there's a couple of, couple of things here. One, um, the, the RBAC controls on the purge command are, uh, sort of more restricted so that you do have to have purge. It's a, it's a, I forget the exact, exact control or, or name of the control itself, but basically you need to be on the, the, the permissions to, to operate a purge command. So once you have those, those permissions, when you do operate that, that is of course stored. Um, in the same sort of audit log that because you executed this purge. So that purge is stored. And, and additionally, then, because the purge is stored, that's stored in an, in an immutable storage so that 
for example, our own purge controls wouldn't allow you to purge that data. It's immutable at that point. So ultimately, it all boils down to like so many other things in Azure, any cloud system for that matter, it all boils down to the RBAC controls that are on the specific resource being protected. And it makes sense, right? You know, that actually it's kind of interesting, right? So if I delete a row from a log, there is an entry written to another log that says Michael deleted this row from the log, right? Yes. Right. Okay. All right. Um, it's a little bit like you know the Windows event log, right? If you clear the log, if you clear the security log, there's an event written straight away, which is Michael cleared the security log. Um, and if you try and delete that, there's another entry written that says Michael tried to you know empty the uh, empty the security log. So there's always that record there. So even if something is deleted, there's a record that shows that it's been deleted, regardless, which is you know, absolutely you know critically important, I think. But where does where does Azure Data Explorer? Fit in all this, uh, all this Azure Monitor stuff. Going back years on on sort of how we how we built these systems, the Azure Data Explorer and and our the Azure Monitor teams were sort of we we started together. We we started down this journey together, and they built a fantastic platform uh, for handling um, large amounts of data and building really great queries on top of that, and that that became our back end for logs so the back end that we use internally is is built uh, built on top of Azure data Explorer and that was was first used just for application insights and then uh, as we converged converged the next round of platforms uh, then was started to use by log analytics and so the way it fits in is you're operating uh, the log capabilities from Azure Monitor is we're operating that entirely on Azure Data Explorer. So it's the same KQL language with, with a, a couple of, maybe a couple of commands that you're, that are, that are restricted. Um, be, because it is, it is kind of this, this multi-tenant platform. Um, uh, but that's sort of how, how and why the queries are as, as fast as they are and, and how the, how you can go ahead and, and sort of, bypass the curated experience and go directly to your own own query experience. You brought up an interesting word there, which was multi-tenant. Is there a solution here for customers who, for whatever purposes, require the use of a single-tenant logging environment? Sure. So in addition to um, uh, storing the data in the multi-tenant Azure Data Explorer, customers can come in and and in the context really of of from logs only, they they create a their own um, Azure Data Explorer, and then and then we push push their workspaces into that. Now they do this on a on a per region basis, and so they can have as many workspaces as they want. Um, in in that one region, that one set of that one uh, Azure Data Explorer that that they've configured. What about like with Log Analytics itself? I heard that there's a version of like a single tenant version of Log Analytics as well. Yeah, yeah that's that's sorry, and, and maybe I, I I didn't quite explain that that accurately. So in the Log Analytics API, uh, you would go through in in that context and create uh, the dedicated cluster. It is it is a um, ADX cluster, uh, but it is it is I guess still still paid for as part of Log Analytics, uh, still managed uh, for the most part directly through Log Analytics. 
is that a special version of log analytics? Like, is that, or is that something you can sort of opt in for when you, you know, create a new log analytics workspace? I mean, how does that sort of manifest itself at a sort of practical level? Yes, at a, at a practical level, it you you could see it as 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 for the most part, I'm creating a new workspace that I'm going to host on top of this on this platform. It's 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 a little more nuanced in that in that a customer could have an existing workspace sitting in the multi-tenant platform. And, and after a while, they're, they're looking at their data and going, um, I have a lot of this data. Some of it I, I really want uh, to, because it's, maybe it's a little more sensitive or, or maybe I want a little more control um, and, and maybe even be able to manage the costs a little differently. They can create a new workspace or rather create the new dedicated cluster, associate the workspace with that. Um, we don't in typically move the data um, and because you, know, you, might, you might be leaving behind uh, you know, hundreds of petabytes of data. Uh, instead, um, the new data would go to the new cluster because these, these logs tend to have age out times of 30 days, 90 days, two years, um, the data would sit in the old cluster uh, as well, but that older data would then gradually age out. And, and of course, all new data is landing in the new, in the new space. Uh, queries are, are merged on top of this, so the customer is then able to see uh, data from, from, from both, both portions. One of the things, I mean, I've heard the term Azure Monitor Essentials. Can you kind of explain, you know, what that means in the context of Azure Monitor all up and any premium options and whatnot? When we started monitoring around both both around the company, around Microsoft and, and providing monitoring solutions for for Microsoft teams, and additionally, of course, building these these premium offerings that we were for for OMS, log analytics, application insights. Um, we one of our teams, uh, the team that owned kind of this this uh, almost free experience built on top of Azure that is required for operating your resources in Azure. These are your your diagnostic logs and your audit logs experiences, um, auto scale, uh, some some alerting on top of all of that. Um, these pieces were being built by, of course, a, a, a slightly different team than the teams building for, for log analytics and application insights. And, and they also didn't, didn't have the, the need to sort of bill because this was, these are the essential pieces. And so when we, we joined all these teams together, we, we said, let's, let's, let's still keep this, this sort of separate in, in order to help people understand our, where we are on our journey, and so the Azure Monitor Essentials pieces are the um, free or, or mostly free components that are built on top of diagnostic logging, audit logging, uh, and the data that, that that's collected as part of that. And and then the teams, then of course, as we've as we merged together and, and worked on these pieces, we've we've then combined, um, hopefully, and and made made our improvements as. Uh, for both for both UX and uh, both the, the the scale of data that we're able to handle, um, and that's really where sort of Azure Monitor Essentials fits in. And then the premium offerings are still the ones that we we'd, we'd also had before with like Application Insights and Log Analytics, and and these 
these are the the offerings where because some in, in many cases significant capacity in Azure is used to operate them, um, we do we do need to to uh, pass along those costs to the customer. So if I think about this as the monitoring essentials, these are sort of core basic logging features that are just naturally part of the platform. And then any of the sort of, you know, crank it up to 11 and huge storage kind of requirements and whatnot, uh, you know, essentially those are the, the more the premium paid ones. Yes, that's that's correct. So one thing that always, uh, always interests me is how large customers especially use log analytics. I mean, we're dealing with you know, often petabytes of data, gigabytes, if not more, of ingestion you know, at, at, you know, on a regular basis. So what are some of the things that some of the customers have told you about the platform and sort of some of the practices that they've been practicing themselves? We, we do have um, some sort of best practices documents published as well now, but just to kind of go through some of the, the challenges that we've, we've had with some of some large customers, particularly when it is petabytes of data. Um, when, when we first started integrating with, with some of the additional teams, including Sentinel, I, I would say a, a very common onboarding experience for a large customer was I enabled Sentinel. I enable or, or the, the the security tooling at the time. I, I enabled this. I I turned everything on, and then oh wow! I I got bill shock. I looked at this bill, and it was it was more than I was spending on the compute being monitored. I think we've done a a, a pretty good job of 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 improving that. A lot of feedback from customers, and that's that's kind of that that initial onboarding experience, particularly with the larger customers. We did work with them to help help them both manage their bill and and ensure that we we have our own internal alerting now, so that when we see a new customer coming in and and incurring very high costs, we'll immediately send them emails uh, saying, "Hey, is is was this was this expected?" Some of the other challenges I think we've we've had with with large customers over the years, particularly as we both. As, as we've merged these teams uh, that that support internal monitoring and external monitoring is is external customers have almost a, a different set of access rules than maybe what what we would see at Microsoft and so really it's been about understanding how these customers might do their uh, their deployments and a customer would say a thousand engineers you'll find out that that they have only only maybe maybe ten or fifteen of them are allowed to touch production with with deployments, and so these these types of access to to the portal, um, we 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 built one experience that we're expecting. You know, sort of this is this is how you you jit, and this is how you uh, get your access, and and it's fantastic. And then we turn around and we find that that a large customer would um, really really be operating on on Azure very differently, and and so we did have to make changes both in what we supported through our back controls so that maybe you didn't see the same kind of read write access directly to to the resource in order to to still be able to go in and have have access and controls on top of dashboards on top of um, maybe maybe tweaking tweaking an alert so it's it's been a it's been an interesting journey as as we built out Azure monitor and, and as we onboard some of these larger customers 
another another point you you alerted to at kind of the start of the broadcast on how do you deal with credentials and, and MSI? Uh, that's that's been part of this this most recent recent round of maybe the last three four or five months is how to make sure that uh, we enable uh, the the same capabilities of monitoring using MSI rather than using uh, maybe credentials and moving around sort of certs because cert cert management is is a problem both both internally and and externally and it really becomes a challenge as as we look all up during the week you and i um, were talking about some of the improvements that have been made around security and app insights around aad so what's uh, what's going on there so i was looking for the the actual document for this itself today application insights has some new sdks that are in preview these SDKs should be GAing in the first half of 2022. They allow use of uh, AAD authentication to be uh, included as part of the telemetry. So instead of today where most telemetry endpoints for application insights are unauthenticated, uh, we can start collecting strictly authenticated data. Now that is that is only for, of course, a, a portion of the, the types of data in that there are certainly continue to be types of applications that the entire ingestion telemetry experience is 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 intended to capture sort of the 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 moment from the the external customer first hits a like a website like you have a shopping portal customer hits this and well before they're logged in you want to capture maybe what they put in there uh what was their experience in their workflow as they added items uh looked at items navigated through different pages all of that is unauthenticated so you can still still, of course, use an unauthenticated experience. But when you're op operating data from your own servers, your uh, applications running in your own, um, your own context, your own VMs, the, having, having that authentication only flow uh, provides sort of an extra layer of, of security on top of your data. There are some customers that I work with, they'll be very excited to hear that. That's good news. Well, I think this kind of brings things to an end. But before you go, uh, we always ask our guests this. Is there any one final thought you would like to leave our listeners with? I think the final thought is 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 maybe going back to that that beginning what you were talking about and sort of the what is Azure Monitor and, and maybe some of the confusion around Azure Monitor and these different pieces. I think it really comes down to... Um, View, view Azure Monitor is our our convergence across both both Microsoft internal monitoring and and external monitoring. As we bring all of the uh, monitoring capabilities into one space, and so instead of thinking of thinking of it as as am I using uh, application insights or am I using log analytics? Uh, I'm, I'm using Azure Monitor to monitor all of my resources, all of my applications, and and get the right, rich, curated experiences and insights on top of those. David, thank you so much for joining us this week. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know you're incredibly busy, but I also know you know Azure Monitor is such a such a cornerstone of sort of management. Um, sort of ongoing use of, Azure, of of our Azure platform. I think it's, uh, it's been great having you on here, and hopefully, for some of our listeners out there, I hope this has helped uh, sort of clean up some of the some of the misconceptions or confusion about what Azure Monitor actually is. 
And uh, to our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Stay safe out there and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Azure Security Podcast. You can find show notes and other resources at our website, azsecuritypodcast.net. If you have any questions, please find us on Twitter at Azure SecPod. Background music is from ccmixter.com and licensed under the Creative Commons license.